Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us for the second hour of holiday madness and fun, basically. That's yes. how we're doing this. Hey, we have, we're going to, uh, we have going to take a call, which was a holdover yes. from the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. We have Kristen on the line. Hey, Kristen. Good morning. Good, how are you? Good. What can we do for you? Okay, two quick questions. One is I'm having a baby shower for my sister that's in the evening, and I would like to do a mocktail cocktail option. So make it easy. They can just add alcohol or not. Oh. So I'm wondering if you have an idea for that for a girl. It's a girl shower. I okay. do. Um, I like uh, doing a orange bitters. Okay. So you rim the glass, and then you would use With bitters? some, yeah, just like a oh, drip. Oh, you swish yeah, around. Yeah, swish okay. it around the glass. And then you would use uh, pomegranate juice and then soda water. And you could use 7-Up if you wanted to, too. And then, depending on how sweet. And then you add either the vodka or whatever else, nothing. You could add gin, too. And then you can float um, some pomegranate seeds on the top and have a little orange rind. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay. And then my second question is, I... um Lost all my good cookie sheets in the divorce, and I've been trying to replace them, and there's so many options, and I'm just wondering, before I spend the money, if you have a recommendation for good, even cooking cookie sheets. Uh, I'm going to say that, to me, the best cookie sheets are the cheapest cookie sheets. I have had the ones that have, like, the air circulation in them and all the other stuff, and I'm just going to say, your oven is the thing that matters, not your sheet. So I would say get the cheap, get the basic kind, the aluminum kind that you don't mind if you want, you know, plow through them a couple of times. The bigger thing for me is parchment paper or a silpat, which yeah. is a lot of people love I a silpat. That will actually make a difference to your sheet more than the actual sheet itself. Okay. Here's wonderful. the thing about well, cookies. You, so you have like oh, two, yeah, you have like two cookie sheets, right? But your cookie recipes make like three dozen. So you have to like kind of wait in between for the sheets to cool down. If you have your cookies on the silpat or on, on the parchment paper, ideally, you just slide it off. And so they aren't still cooking on the cookie sheet. They're now cooling on a counter. Right. And then your pan gets to cool off. There it is. Oh, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that, too, that they're still cooking. So yeah. They, if sense. you just leave them on the sheet, they cook. All right, Kirsten. Good luck. Wonderful. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Apparently yeah, I, like, I want to clear your throat for you. I can't do anything about smart. it. <laughs> All right, guess what? It's time for top two in hour two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In hour two. All right, give me two. All right, this is the time. This is the time of the show that we tell you two things that we are loving this week or semi-obsessed with, let's call it. If we want to, you go ahead because you've got a thing. I do have a thing. So uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Ellie had a friend over to the house and her dad brought us this bag of these delicious goodies. And it inside the bag were pupusas and yeah. they were from uh, an east side sort of small little um, pop up place. And a pupusa is a Salvadorian like dough um, and it's filled with like beans and cheese and it was delicious and my daughter loved them. And I kept trying to figure out where these were and I could never find them again. And I have since figured out that the pupusas were from Manana, which is a Salvadorian restaurant on the east side. And they have just upgraded to a larger location. Yep. They've got a bar. They've got table seating. It's Salvadorian and Mexican dishes. And they have the pupusas there. Yes. So uh, that would be my top two in hour two. These things are delicious. They're like... About the size of a small salad plate, like they're gigantic. Yeah. And it's just this doughy, cheesy. yummy, cheesy, 
kind of like a tortilla, but thicker. Yeah, a little kind of like a sope. Almost like an arepa. Yeah, you a know? little bit. They're yeah. delicious. So, I love those. Uh, mananas, uh, pupusas. Pupuseria is what it is. When there's right. a there's a couple other pupuserias around town, but manana is actually one of the ones that people yeah, love. Yeah, I love. Just I loved these things. Good. Okay, so my first one is last night I hosted uh, some of my. You know, my alt grandparents, my mom's uh, best friends, and we had a birthday party for them because they have their birthdays this week. And so we had a super solstice party and we made soups. And I totally riffed on this soup, you guys. I completely just made something up because I left my office at 3.30. This is such a good idea. I know. Have a soup party. My mom made her signature clam chowder, which... Everybody loves, and it's and always I'm totally good. Totally stealing this, and yes. doing this next year. Yes, a soup solstice party, the super solstice party, and because basically it's the shortest day, so everyone's yeah. a little bit like, and it's usually kind of cold and gray, so you know why not warm up yes. with some soup? So we all sat around, and we have a bunch of crusty bread. We had two different kinds of seedy loaf or cheesy loaf, sourdough ripped apart. The my mom made uh, her like I said her signature clam chowder. I made this soup that was on Food Fifty Two. The basis of it was sort of like almost like a Greek lemon soup. Um, it was called lemon and pepe or bepe soup, which is a sort of a pasta. Okay, but I didn't. You, I, there's no chance to find that at this point in the holidays, and so I just used orzo. But I basically made a chicken broth soup that had chicken garbanzo beans, pasta, little orzo in it zucchini and then i threw a bunch of arugula in there at the last minute to kind of wilt it but not you know too much so that it still had a little bit of brightness to it and then it's got dill and parsley and then i also threw on top um avocados at the end like you could put your avocado on the soup that was like your garnish yeah it was i was very happy with it i thought it was really fun it sounds delicious yeah so I'm going to put the rest, I'm going to put up this uh, Food 52. They have a whole bunch of soup, you know, soup recipes. I'll put that on the website for you. It is soup season. It is. Oh, I'm so excited. We're walking that, into it. Not that I've ever left soup season, just no, to be No, we clear. don't leave soup season. <laughs> soup season is forever. Okay. I'm going to give you, um, I sort of already described this, but at the St. Paul meat shop, they had this thing on the counter and it was in a little cellophane package and it was round like a cookie, but it was called a Valhalla brownie. Yeah. I just picked it up kind of on a lark because I wanted something sweet. It was the most fantastic brownie I'd ever had. It was like very dark chocolate, almost bitter, but then there was salt in it too. Yeah. And it was just in this cellophane wrapper. I don't know if they buy them or was they it make Valrona? them. Was it Valrona? Or Valhalla? Because Valrona is a chocolate maker. Okay, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> and I'm saying it wrong. I'm going to look. I'm is just... it a cho- local chocolate maker? Well, she's out of Chicago. Um, She's like... You know, I think that's, at the, unless I'm thinking of Vosges, I think it's Valrona. Well, I know that Valrona is a kind of chocolate. Okay. I'm going to say, I don't know the answer to the question. Okay. All right. All I'm going to tell you is if you go there and right next to the counter, there's a package of these delicious circular brownies. That's you all should get one because yeah. they were like, I wanted to drive back and get another one. Oh. <laughs> I didn't, but I wanted to. Yeah. So the... Valrona or Which is Valhalla a, it's a brownie. French, it's a French cocoa powder, so it's maybe they made it with the Valrona chocolate. So I don't know, it. but it was amazing, <laughs> and that's my top two an hour too because it was the best thing I ate all week. Go get it! All right, I love that. All right, well, my second top two an hour two is actually something that I just thought would be if you guys are. I'm just going to give you guys a deal because if you are maybe always wishing that you could 
see the things that I talk about when I'm talking about the magazine, we have a little special deal called Steph's Deal. And so if you want to subscribe to the magazine, this makes a nice little stocking stuff where you can print it out on a little card or something. You can get 12 issues of MSP Mag. That's a whole year for $10. Wow. I know. So I already subscribe at I know. the twenty nine ninety nine rate or right. whatever it is. Right. But. but this is a special deal and it's, I'm going to put a special link up that you subscribe through the link so that it goes. So it's, you know, but it's a special deal that we put up for people who, nice. you know, listen and who maybe want to Support journalism from people who are short and blonde and, you know, and name Stephanie. So here's what I will say, too, about the magazine that you won't say. Yeah. So I am a subscriber and you get like a little sneak peek by listening to this show because she talks about a lot of the stuff that she's written about. But when you're a subscriber, you get the content a month earlier than anyone would get it online. Yep. So there is a window there that you have information and intel that other people don't. Uh, by listening to this show, you have access to Stephanie March's brain, which is also fantastic. <laughs> but um, for instance, you knew ahead of time, if you're a subscriber, you knew about the Origa pop-up happening at the Travail guys are doing because that was in the magazine and first. And you could have gotten your tickets early. Well, no, they still aren't on sale. But. Oh, well, <laughs> you could think about it but and you dream. could Right, you could sort of have that intel first. And you could talk about it at the water cooler, like you're the coolest. Ever. And you would know that the 510, which I can't remember what they're going to call that new steakhouse. P.S. Gonna, steak. Thank you, P.S. Steak. P.S., I'll remember that. Yeah. Um, is going to be opening in January. I know, can't I know. Wait. Stay tuned for a sneak peek of that on mspmag.com. Really? Have you Next already week. been in? Next week. Oh, Next see? week you'll see a little sneak peek about it. It's like being your best friend. I mean, come on. you're like in the know. That's right. So anyway, I'm going to put that up. Steph's deal. It's 83% off the cover price. It's 10, it's 12 issues for $10, which is kind of nice. All right, you guys, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to have a, a maker. maker. So we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Navidad. Welcome back to the show. We have a maker for you. Whoop. You're a maker. You're a hero. It's time for the Maker's Moment. A visit with one of Minnesota's many creators, artisans, and entrepreneurs who make the Twin Cities such a cool food scene. I make things. You're a genius. Make it. For more stories like this, check out Stephanie Hansen's podcast, Makers of Minnesota, on Podcast One or wherever you find your podcasts. Right. We are here with Karen Miller, and she is the owner of Nordic Goods, and she has something that caught my eye a while ago called the Nordic Sprinkle. Yes. It is a cinnamon sprinkle. You have a vanilla sprinkle. And then I figured out that you make lefse, too. So I thought, well, this is a busy holiday season. Thanks for coming in. Oh, sure. So have you been just cooking your face off to so make we your actually, products? We actually have um, a lefse partner who nice. helps us make it out of Blair, Wisconsin. Yep. So that has been obviously Yeah, helpful. so you're not actually right. having to toil away. But right. you are putting your spices together. What When you started, like, what made you think, oh, I need to have a Nordic goods company? You know, well, we brought the uh, Nordic cinnamon sprinkle to market four years ago. And prior to that, um, it is just something that I had always sort of made in my at my house. And I grew up with a Norwegian grandma and a Swedish grandfather. And we always just had it. And... Um, the the Scandinavian market was quite different, you know, six years ago when I was kind of interested in you bringing were a product to market. before the North. Yes, I was. <laughs> well, <laughs> I had um, kind of researched it and the marketplace was, like I said, quite different. And I knew that um, I could potentially bring a product to market yeah. that would kind of, I don't know, spice up the 
the marketplace. What so, did you do before this? Were you a marketer? Yeah, I'm in marketing. Okay, yes. I can yeah. tell that about mm-hmm. you. Did you work at like General Mills or somewhere? No, I actually did not. I never was in like the food industry. I just sort of decided to just leap in. And did you love food just or work. Just, yes? Yeah, and I also just I loved the Nordic feel. I mean, it's just sort of it just reminds me of my grandparents. So yeah, nice. It was something that. Um, and then when I came up with the um, idea of bringing this product to market, I actually had met a woman who was a graphic designer on the ski hill when my children ski raced. And I had mentioned it to her and I said, she said, well, what's, what's stopping you from doing this? And I said, well, I just don't have a graphic designer. And she said, I'm a graphic designer. I want to help you create your first label. Okay. So she and she did a Peterson. great job. So I, since then I've worked with um, another individual um, to kind of make everything complete. So it's Nordic cinnamon sprinkle, and, and what? It has how did vanilla you, in it too? How did you use this when you were at home? Mostly on toast, uh, you know. Yes. Yep. And then any other kind of a baked, like toast. pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. It says you can put it on coffee, tea, and espresso. So yes. I suppose like a drink when you go to, right. like instead of the Starbucks, this could be your right. coffee. Yum. Her daughter, who's in high school, is looking at me because all you high schoolers go to Starbucks now and drink your <laughs> coffee drinks, which I love. All right. Ooh. Yum. Steph, put some of this in your... I'm already done with my oh, coffee. I'll see? put it in my face. It smells it's delicious. Just... Um, what it's... Did you have lefsa growing up? You know, we did not have a lot of it, but it was something that I started to become fascinated with as I, um, I guess I got older and started raising my own family. Yeah. And so um, we actually went to the Inga Britsons, the Norway house, and had them teach us how to make the lefsa. Um, and then from that point on, um, I decided that we always wanted to bring lefsa to market, mostly because it complemented our other products. Um, but we brought the cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar to market first. And then last year, we brought the vanilla sugar and the glug mulling spice to market. Well, let's and talk about year. the glug mulling glug. spice. So I love glug. Do you? Well, everything really is all in the jar, ready to go. How do you assemble your so mold you can, business? So glug, you can, uh, you can make that with red wine. You can also do it with apple cider, which is kind of like a, a really great thing if you're having a whole bunch of people yeah. over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just to put it in. And in fact, it's it's actually really delicious in apple juice. Apple cider is, so, is a little bit thicker. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the apple juice is great. Um, and then people could, can add their own brandy or whiskey. Yes. If they're adults. Exactly. Uh, and then the other thing that about. we did last year that we tried is we infused it in vodka. So we just took um, vodka and put it in a mason jar on the counter, put a couple tablespoons of the mulling spice in it, let it sit until it turned into kind of an amber brown. And then we strained it and then put it in the fridge. And then you can make like a vodka tonic with it or like a white Russian with it. That's and a it good has idea. A oh. really good flavor to it. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. I've never met holidays. a white Russian I didn't like. Yes. Nice. So that's that's what you can do with that. Or you can do a red wine. The Swedish Institute serves a glug during their um, an event that they have the first weekend of December that is like all everything's from scratch. It's really really great. They, they did s- one last so. night because they had the solstice party last oh, yes. night. Yes. Yeah. So they it's had they really had bonfires. Great. They had glug. They had everything. I like their glug there. We actually it's, had a luncheon yesterday and we normally go to the Swedish Institute, but we had someone that needed to have a seat right when we got there. So we couldn't get on the list this year. So we changed our venue and she, she said she's 84 years old and she looked over and she said, this is lovely, but I really miss the glug. Oh, <laughs> yes. Which just made me laugh. Um, so when you think about uh, being a maker, like, are you having to go to all these maker markets and are you working on this business full time? No, it's definitely part-time. It's very seasonal. Yeah. So we have kind of um, a ramping up um, end of summer. Um, you know, early summer, I'm sort of kind of scheming in my head of what my plans are for the next year. Yep. And then um, 
we ramp up in the end of the summer. We try to get, you know, some, our stores, we're in 25 retail stores. Mm-hmm. We incentivize them to place their order early, deliver it right away. Um, and then we kind of decide which events we want to go to. We have to be really careful. There's so many this year. We I were mean, just talking about really that. kind of trending that I'm kind of going to be curious to see how the retail stores do because there's so many events where these people are making handmade things. So we've, um, we keep a calendar and we're careful to not do too much. It's hard. Yeah. Um, so we did the Linden Hills holiday market this year, every Sunday, Anna, most of the Sundays, Anna went to that and worked. Um, Anna's her daughter who's sitting next yes. to her. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, so we had her working that and we would work some of them with her and, um, being so a maker and having like a high school student is great because you get to do all the work, Anna. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have another daughter, daughter named Kate who all is right. in the ninth grade. So the two of them, um, are kind of immersed in working the, in the market. Right. Right. Um, when we were talking earlier about like holiday traditions, what do you remember like making with your uh, grandma and grandpa? Well, like, do you have guys have holiday traditions of foods you make? It was spritz cookies, um, mostly cookies. And I would say that's probably. Do you have a special Nordic dinner that you guys make? Uh, let's see. Oh, Swedish meatballs. Yeah. yeah we're my grandma Swedish had a great meatballs recipe. Today. In fact, my older brother makes Swedish meatballs every Christmas and we're going to have them tonight. We're celebrating Christmas tonight. Yeah. I'm making so Swedish, Swedish meatballs. meatballs too. I am not. <laughs> I feel a little left out. I'll, maybe if there's some extra, I'll find some and bring you some. But I won't. You won't. I'd, I'll talk about but it. But that's nice of you to say. Yes. The thought <laughs> is there to think about bringing you Swedish right. meatballs. Um, What has been the hardest part about getting this business off the ground? I would say time and money. Yeah. Those are the two things. Probably time. Um, We're pretty conservative about how much money we've put into that. And that's something that uh, I have watched other people start businesses where they get kind of, I I don't want to say sucked into all these ideas of things that they have to do. Like spend a lot of money on a website, things like that. And the one thing that I've learned is you really don't have to do that. Um, You do need a website. You need a web presence. But um, so I would say it's probably the time too. It's and, yeah. It's like I said, it's really we're very seasonal. And so really in a few weeks, things will actually this week, yep. things will drop off for us and then we'll have kind of this quiet time. Um but in and it also just sort of takes over your house. Yes. Um we do have a partner also who helps bottle the product for us, so we're not bottling it mostly because of health code. Yeah. People don't want you bottling stuff in your house, in your house. as often. Um so we have done that, but I would say time. Well, the weekends and, you know, the thing that people don't, you know, you think about the my husband and I were just talking about the Linden Hills holiday market, you know, in order for people to get there, everyone goes there and enjoys it. And it's beautiful um, event and it's right by Sunnyside Gardens so you yep. have to do all that fun stuff. But the people who are there, they're at like 630 in the morning. It's pitch dark. They're standing, waiting to get in with all of your stuff and then they have to set up. And then you have to tear down. And yeah. it's like all of these things that um, people want when they walk up to you. They're like, oh, this is a really great table. And you realize how much work goes into that. Yeah, that is a whole day right. of preparing. Well, we love our Minnesota makers and we appreciate you being on today. It is Nordic Spice. It is Nordic Spr- Nordic Goods. And they have the Nordic Sprinkle. They have the Glug. They have the Vanilla Sprinkle and Lefsa. So you can find that at your local store. Do you have any other markets that you're going to be at today? Uh, no, we're actually kind of done. Okay. All right. So maybe Ingerbritsons <laughs> or well, any actually, of your other retail partners. Yeah, last night just dropping off some more stuff. All right. So, so yeah. they're all set for you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. We'll be right back. Hey, gang. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for hanging with us today. If you missed any part of these wonderful words that have been spoken, of course, you can always find us on podcast, wherever you find your podcast or podcast one. Uh, you can also hear us on demand at mytalk1071.com. You can. You can just have that. 
And then we can be with you on Sunday on the treadmill or wherever it feels real good. Wherever you're at, we're there. <laughs> we can be <laughs> watching over your shoulder, having rants. Yes. <laughs> I only Either ranted soap, at the beginning of the show. Well, you had men, I had soap the other week. I mean, it's all sorts of things. I tell you what. Yes. But you know what's awesome? We have on the Weekly Dish uh, uh, Facebook page, you guys. We've been posting stuff all day. But the beginning of the day, we did have a question that we did put up. And we asked, what's your favorite Christmas Eve or day food memory or tradition? Basically, kind of like, what are you either most looking forward to or what has been your favorite part of Christmas in the past? And we have a lot of great messages, you guys. Um, a lot of people, I will tell you, mine first was, uh, I, um, <laughs> so last night for the Super Solstice, my mom brought over something that I normally only ever see on Christmas Eve. And those are pierogies. And she makes what we call them pierogin of Deutsch. And the pierogin that she makes are these little, you know, she makes them into triangles and they have just bacon and onions in them. <laughs> that is it. And it is a Swedish, it's a sweet kind of dough. It's not like a sugary dough, but there's awesome. just a little bit of sweetness to it that balances out with that, the, um, with the bacon and the onions in there. And it is delicious. And anyway, I love it. She brought it to the, to the super solstice, which was like a big treat because I literally, my mouth just dropped open. Like we don't, we, we don't get this until three days from now. Like I'm not ready. It was kind of crazy. She made it ahead. She made well. She made her batch that she is going to serve us on Christmas Eve. Yeah, but then froze it. Don't then, you like? We should just be making dumplings more. Well, like they're so hearty, warming, that. delicious. Huh? Yum. Yeah, it's like every so much love goes into a dumpling. Yeah, I know. I mean, I just think that that it's like there's so many different ways to make a dumpling. Yeah, I and mean, it's can, just universal, like all over the world. Yeah. Well, it is. This is very true. That's why empanadas are so hot right now, mm-hmm. which those are baked. There's, I mean, basically, that's like a bacon empanada, but it's a different dough. It just depends on the dough. When you consider like bao buns and you consider, you know, knudel, auf Deutsch, you know. Knitsch. Knitsch. <laughs> yeah. Knitsch. All the things. I love all of them. All the dumplings you can possibly have. Here's what some other people are saying. What I love, Sarah, our friend Sarah, she does raclette. On Christmas Eve. Yes. They they have a great little raclette maker at Cerdix and you can rent one and they also have the raclette. You can you rent can, one? I think so. And you can purchase it too. Yeah. And then they have the different cheeses and it's like a cheesy fondue, right? It's, it's, so I got one last year for Christmas and it's a, the raclette, raclette is where you basically, there's two ways of doing it. You heat cheese and it either melts off the side of a giant wheel and you scrape it onto a plate of potatoes and pickles and good things. Or you have what I have, which is like a broiler. It's like a tabletop broiler where it's got, you know, a a thing on top where you can put a, you know, all the dishes that you want to pull from. And then underneath it is the broiler thing and you take a little tiny tray. The and drawer. You, yeah, it's like a drawer and you put a piece of cheese in there and you stick it under the broiler and it just gets melty and perfect and it just goes floop and yep. you just floop it right onto the, your potatoes and floop things. So, so when good. you eat raclette, you always eat it with potatoes and like cornichon pickles. And, I do, and ham. Yum. And then, but then it's also good because you can, you can throw whatever you want in there. You basically can put some little bits of 
I don't know, beef if you wanted to do, or you could do other vegetables like broccoli. I'm sorry. I got so distracted because we were laughing. Stephanie put up a link to her Steph's deal for getting the magazine. It's a massive photo. It has this gigantic photo of her face. I don't know how to resize it. It eclipses every <laughs> single thing on the whole page. I have page. to figure out how to resize it. And when you it. open up Weekly Dish, just, no, you don't. It's oh, yeah. just funny. It's hysterical. It's just like a giant uh, picture of my face. face. Yeah, it's Cute good. face. It is. Um, but I will say also with Reclet, you want to know that that um, uh, it's a you can buy the pre-sliced raclette slices that fit perfectly into the little trays at Trader Joe's. Okay, which I didn't. I've been looking all over. And if you go to Lunds and Barley's, you have to cut it yourself yep. and all sorts of stuff. So it's a little harder. But that Trader Joe's is kind of handy like, for some I things. Mean, I got to admit. Oh, I know. So my thing, and I'm just going to tell you this because we did have Lisa. She kind of replied, and she's wondering about. Uh, a raclette if you have the one that is the suspended cheese wheel and then it has like a heating wand that goes over the front of it that can get a little stinky in your house is all i want to tell you oh yeah because it kind of burns it kind of heats it up and then it i'm just saying i've seen it in a house that got real smelly okay do you have a good recommendation for a restaurant that carries a good selection of meat or bar food and vegetarian. I have someone who is lactose intolerant and likes meat and his wife is vegetarian in Minneapolis, please. Bar food, though? Well, uh, doesn't say. It just says meats or bar food or vegetarian. So this is a lactose intolerant person that likes meat and the vegetarian wife. Can I just kind of <laughs> say, I'm going to do another rant here for just a second. Oh, okay. You guys, the entire world has their food issues like we have some people that have celiac which is a real thing we have some people that are just prefer not to have gluten we have people that maybe dairy doesn't make them feel so good restaurants know this they for the most part have come to you and they are like hey we have lots of choices lots of options they expect you to ask about these things they expect you if you have a gluten intolerance if you have an allergy they know you're coming So we don't need to have like these specific like this is the vegan restaurant necessarily, though vegan is probably the hardest one. Yeah. Like I I would say do a little research on the menus online. Most places are going to try and accommodate you. Let's just say it this way. If you are going to look for a fine, if you want a really like a fine dining experience or or you want to have like a nice dinner experience, you are going to be pretty good with most chefs. They're pretty much going to be able to handle it. They know what they're doing. They can make things, certain things. They can, they can, you know, unless it's gluten, unless you are super gluten sensitive where you can't have it be anywhere in the restaurant, then you should go to Colita, which is a gluten-free restaurant. Um, but I will say that there are places, especially that are starting to um, think more about it and, and do an emphasis on it so that you don't have to worry too much about asking just for yourself. So places like Brim, which is a, you Mm -hmm. know, like that do the bowls and they have meat dishes and they have vegetarian dishes and they are, you know, they do vegan things as well. Same with Trio, which is a place over kind of on Hennepin, Lynn Lake. And then I was, this is an interesting thing, but the Crave guys just opened Piggy Bank, which is a bar and restaurant in the old, old Chicago space. I haven't eaten there. I can't tell you. I haven't been... Super, super impressed with all of their concepts, but I, it seems to me that they are trying really hard to do both great burgers that are meaty and, and fun, and then a large selection, probably the largest selection of mainstream vegan dishes I've seen. Okay, and so, that's really fascinating. Yeah. It's new territory for them. Though, you know, Crave, 
they are in a lot of places. If you have a lot of people that need a lot of different things, like you've got a senior and you've got a kid and you've yeah. got someone who likes meat. I have to say, we just were at the bar the other day and they don't disappoint. It's just, it's very um, comfortable to eat there with lots of different preferences. Yeah, I've I've had wins and misses, you know. The menu's I, gigantic. Yeah, so, but anyway, I mean, I the piggy bank is a newer concept. They may be trying really hard, you know, to kind of capture that. So it's a good, it's, you know, it's a good shot. Take a shot. Um, the best shot. I was going to say. <laughs> Some of the other traditions people are psyched about. Um, we can say that uh, Blair, she is uh She's doing Chinese food from Great Wall on Christmas Day. That's Chinese food is always fun thing. on Christmas Day. Yeah. Yep. Um, by the way, the Nicollet Island Inn, you guys, they still had some reservations as of yesterday oh, for and Christmas that's Day. Such a beautiful spot. And even if you just, I mean, like Cozy, it's just the, warm. Yes, a beautiful fires, thing. Very they have pretty. Beef Wellington. They have a fixed menu. Beef Num. Wellington, and they've got some veggie dishes as well on there. That's kind of a nice one too. Yes. Um, this is an there. interesting one from Becky. She says oyster stew and kransakaka. And the what oyster is stew. I've heard of kramkaka. Kramkaka. Kransakaka. Uh, I'm just going to make sure that I say it the right way. It's that little like, uh, it's, it's like a little tall Christmas tree shaped cake with layers of, you know, it kind of oh, looks like a ginger disc. It's not like it's not crook and bush, but it kind of makes you yeah. feel like it's a tall Scandinavian. Um, Is it the ginger um, circles that have the cream in the ginger. middle and they pile up? I think it's an almond sh- almond like shortbread. Almost, yeah. Yes, that's what that that's is. That's what it is. Yeah. Yum. But it's like a wreath cake. That's what it translates to wreath cake. I love it. Um, so that's it. But oyster stew was something that my aunt Terry didn't the couple times we went to her house. It's for, good. You know, but I never think about it. Like, that's never a thing that I... It's a thing people think about on Christmas and yeah. New Year's. People do it. It's did a you very know, East Coast thing. Did you know that, like, a lot of people need to eat... There's some tradition where you need to eat tamales on New Year's Day. Wait, what? It's like good luck to eat tamales on New Year's Day. I hadn't heard tamales. I hear Hop and John all the time, but I've never heard tamales. Hop and John. They have good Hop and John at Brunson's. Oh, really? Yes. There's somebody there that is that crazy is about the, it. They that make makes a burger it. out of Hop and John, I feel like. They they have a side, too, that's Yeah, Hop the and Black John. Eyed Peas is yep. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it is Hoppin' John, not Hopping. I was told that it is actually like... H-O-P-P-I-N. Technically, you dropped that G. I said, okay, I will do it. Um, we've also got sausage apple ring, homemade Swedish Kringle, and Bavarian cream. Where do you think? I've, I was thinking I want to get a Kringle. Um, do you have any good recommendations that for, for places what? that you can get a Danish Kringle? You know what's weird? Trader Joe's. I know this sounds like I'm on like the <laughs> well, payroll. You were just there. And the weirdest part is, no, I'm not. I haven't been there in a year. But I know I just, these are the things I remember. But I remember walking in and they had Danish Kringle from Wisconsin. Yeah, I need because one there's from. A, there's a lot from Wisconsin. Racine is where yeah. they make the Kringle. The Kringle. How about fondue? I like fondue. Yeah. We used to have fondue for Super Bowl all the time. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. It's fun. Just the cheese? Did you ever do the oil fondue? Yes, I've done both. And then when we moved, the fondue pot made it to the Value Village. Oh, wow. So it's now gone. But I we used to, to have, do chocolate, too. I used to have two fondue pots. We had three. We yeah. would do oil, cheese, and chocolate. Oh, yeah. Um, what about, uh, what about Ludafisk? That's fun for a crowd. Yeah. Oh, Can we Ludifisk. talk about Ludafisk for a hot second? Um, Ludafisk is something that is really, like, almost like a caricature of Minnesota eating and holidays, right? I mean, yes. like, it's almost like we all know what it is, but, like, nobody eats it and nobody makes it. 
except for the lady who responded. Except for Patty, who is it. full on with spare ribs and lutefisk. And she says, yes, I like lutefisk and we'll be making it Christmas Eve. You and can get it at Ingebretson's. You can get it at Ingebretson's. And so the big thing is, you guys, the whole idea behind lutefisk, of course, is that you cook it in lye. And that's sort of what makes it into that jello consistency but the thing like that's a dangerous thing to be doing so you have to know how to do it i was gonna ask like didn't you don't people just, like kill themselves by drinking lye i think someone well, in our family sure did yeah i mean it's like not, two generations ago I mean, some grandma i mean yeah but i wouldn't that's the thing is like you great pretzels are made in a lye dip so it's not like it kills you automatically but <sighs> <laughs> maybe don't just so go just out and get some lye dark. don't ever do that but I don't know. That sounds really good. So what is your, what are you most excited for? Um, really excited for prime rib. Yeah. I don't eat it very much and I love it. So I love the creamy horseradish sauce that comes with the, the prime rib. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for popovers. We only make them once a year. Technically, I guess we call them Yorkshire pudding because we do use the beef fat. Oh, you do. When we make them. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about my sister Beth bringing creme brulee. I don't mm. make it. She makes it. Yep. So that's fun. There's also a very delicious chocolate cake that is beautiful on a table from the Bunt Cake place. Yeah. That is this like triple dark chocolate cake and that has the cream cheese frosting and then they put this pretty poinsettia decoration. So we'll have one of those in our future. I'm very excited about the honey baked ham. Wow. I don't eat ham very often. No. And when I get ham, I like You're in. eat so much that I gain three pounds of salt. <laughs> um, I'm excited about the, oh, I have a toy. I have an instant pot that I'm nervous about, a fail. Yeah. So, Stephanie, I'm making twice baked potatoes to go with the ham to bring. Oh, is it a wrap You know what? Up? Let's take a Turn second. Okay, let's come back to this. I'm worried. I know. Okay. So, let's come back to this because we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This All is right. the weekly dish. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for hanging with us today. It's been a fun it's been a fun show. It has been a fun show. Yeah. Kind of little dribs and drabs. We got lots of stuff. Let's uh why don't you hit me up with your IP fail quickly. Okay. Or the potential. I put twelve potatoes in the instant pot. I was gonna cook them in the instant pot, whole baked potatoes, slice yep. them, and make twice baked potatoes. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot about them. They cooked their 25 minutes and then they low pressured in there for however long it took to release. Then I came home and I was like, oh, the potatoes, took the potatoes out, left them out overnight, got cut them through this morning. The shells are great. Scooped out the potato. They feel real starchy, like not fluffy, the potato. And so I have to now mash it all and then put it back into the skins. Do you think I'm going to have trouble mashing these very densely gluteny potato filling hmm. insides no i mean you left them wait so you left them whole you didn't cut them i didn't cut them they were whole that might have been your issue because you need them to dry you know what i mean and maybe yep. a, the air would have dried the insides a little bit better um i'm kind of worried i've got all the goo the inside take, goo ready to go i would I just take need a to little bit it. of it and do a little test run you might need to think about well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It'll, we'll I don't see. know what they see like, feel like, but yeah. Stay tuned. Cause I would warm up whatever you're going to. Yeah, I thought about that. Like, I sure. left it out on the counter. So when I go home today, yeah, I can. The cold deal with won't it. do it any good. So even, and then if you do, like, if you're putting cream and butter in with it, just heat that up. Heat those together. Yep. This God, is what I'm thinking. So keep your eyes out. Okay. The skins look great. Like, it was really good for the skin part. Right. I had no problem getting it out and Oh great. Yeah. Okay. But we'll see what the insides do. I love it. Um, have you heard about 
Have you started watching any of the Top Chef? Are you not going to watch the Top Chef with our Justin on there? I am going to watch it, okay. but I haven't yet. Okay. Well, I won't. I'm going to watch them all. Okay. So I'll just, I'm going to keep talking about it. So spoiler alert, I'm just going to say that he didn't get axed yet. So. Great. So he's still in the hunt. <laughs> still in the hunt. I'm very excited about the idea of Pearl and the Thief coming to Minneapolis. Right. So that is going to close at the end of the month uh, in Stillwater. And then it will reopen sometime in the spring in Minneapolis. And bets are... We're all betting North Loopish. Yeah, kind of that sound sort of seems yeah. like it. But although it's potential, I am also thinking the East Side, kind of closer to the stadium. Downtown East. Yeah, some it's called East Side now. Okay, East Town. East Town. Sorry, East Side. East Side is St. Paul. I know. Well, except for the East, East Side restaurant in Minneapolis, <laughs> which isn't on the East. East Town. Anyway, so East Town, which I like is it. isn't that it? Isn't it East Town? They decided anyway. Yeah, that is the um, official. So here's a funny thing, though. He, as going back to this Top Chef situation, what's funny is, do you remember Restaurant Wars as the episode on Top Chef that everyone loves? Oh, yeah, that everyone, yeah. that would, you'd get axed. Like, well, and it's always the fun, like, oh, my God, they have to create a restaurant on the fly. And you the know? dessert person always got stuck and always got cut. Cause, or like the pers- the chef who had to do the front of house because they yep. suck at front of house, have to, you know, whatever. So they've, they pushed, usually that's near the end of the, you know, se- series. They've pushed it up so it's going to be next week. Oh. And they're going to do three teams and so here's an interesting thing justin has decided that they are going to do a restaurant a mini restaurant wars at handsome hog and so they're doing it actually in the basement of public which is called the green lantern but he's going to have thomas bamer jd fratsky um uh wow uh steve hesse from pajarito and then one of the contestants that's been axed who is kind of close by and he's going to come up and uh, they're going to do like a Restaurant Wars version in the basement of Green Lantern before the airing of the show. That's pretty fun. Isn't that fun? Yeah. But there's only 40 seats. So if you want to have your reservation, you have to call. There's a there's a link up, but you have to call Handsome Hog. I think it just get, you know, like you have to pay for your, you okay. have to just hold your space. Yep. But it's a hundred bucks for five courses, five different dishes from each. And when is it? It's on next Thursday. Okay. I know. I it's kind of a fun idea. I've got family coming. But... I mean, I know. It could be really great though. Yeah. Um, all right. The other thing I wanted to make sure that you knew that, uh, Heritage Breads, which is one of my favorite, Jonathan Kay, he's a great baker and they have, uh, they they sell at the Mill City Farmer's Market, but they also had a Minnetonka bakery. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, because they use organic heirloom grains, mm-hmm. a lot of people who are gluten sensitive are able to eat his breads. Um, he is, unfortunately, they are closing their bakery, um, tomorrow or today is the last day, but they are going to be back in production at the, at the Farmer's Market in February. Okay. So you just, this is your last day to be able to go and get some breads from the place. He had an orange, like a, like a clementine cake that was beyond spectacular. Yum. I'm hoping that that's going to be out. There's a great recipe for that in Alice Waters cookbook. Mm. Simple cooking. Yeah, I would think so. That's wonderful. Um, and then, of course, we already mentioned the fact that the Trevelyans are mm-hmm. launching Ariga, the soul of Ariga again with Doug Flicker, which is kind of fun. That's good. Tickets for that will go on sale in the end of January. Okay. So there's uh, there's kind of what we got going on in town. I, I'm feeling like you need to start your reading. Oh, I can't do it today. It's oh, yes, too late. you can. I didn't even pull it up. You we have like one minute. Pull it up. Stephanie every year gives us a little bit of the Christmas reading with the Cratchit Christmas. Um, what is the name of this? It's not the Grinch. It, it is the Christmas Carol, Christ- the Cratchit Thank you. Family Feast. 
and she reads a little bit. We don't have a lot of time. Oh, I don't think I the wrap up bed is running. The end of it Such is Such a bustle ensued that you might have thought a goose the rarest of all birds, a feathered phenomenon, to which a black swan was a matter of course. <laughs> and what's the last line? Like the last to, is uh, the last line is hello. Oh, I can't even find it. To all, uh, Merry Christmas. God bless us, everyone. Said Tiny Tim, the last of us all. Merry Christmas to all, my dears. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Weekly dish. We'll.